just too excited. Tell You What, the podcast, where we talk with musicians about songwriting, music making, and the creative process. My name is Mike, and we have a pretty cool episode for you this time. Our guests are folk music legend Tom Paxton, along with Shane McLaughlin and Lucy Clavy, who are the principal songwriters for the band Buffalo Rose. Buffalo Rose and Tom recently released an excellent EP, Rabbit, of songs that were the result of a creative collaboration between our three guests. In our discussion, we hear about how Tom discovered the music of Buffalo Rose and was so taken by it, he reached out to them to suggest they work together on some new music. I'll say a bit about Tom Paxton for those who are not familiar with his long and storied career. Tom's career started in the early 1960s. He was a central figure in the folk scene that came together in New York in those days. Among his compatriots were Bob Dylan, Phil Oakes, Dave Van Ronk. Pete Seeger was an early mentor. Tom has been an amazingly prolific songwriter his entire career, and his songs have been recorded by the likes of Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, John Denver, Tiny Tim. The list literally goes on and on. His work often covered topical issues, addressing socially relevant topics of the day, often using humor to make his points. Among other honors, in 2009, Tom received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Now at the age of 84, Tom appears to have not slowed down a bit. In fact, he tells us he is writing more songs than ever, and his contributions to the songs on this new EP, Rabbit, show us he hasn't lost his touch either. Buffalo Rose are a young band on the rise. They have one full-length album and several EPs under their belt, with another full-length on its way later this year. Aside from Lucy and Shane, the band is also comprised of Jason Raffalak on bass, Margot Jezerick, vocalist, Bryce Rabideau on mandolin, and Mac Inglis on dobro. They've recently showcased at South by Southwest and Folk Alliance International conferences, and the first single from this Rabbit EP, I Give You the Morning, reached number one on the folk charts earlier this year. Shane and Lucy were also the very brave first ever guests on this podcast a few years ago and I'm grateful that they decided to come back for a return visit. Now, I'm going to do something I don't really do here on the podcast. In fact, I make a point of avoiding it generally, and that is to get a little personal. I understand that listeners are here to hear from our amazing guests, and I'm here to facilitate that. But this one is a bit different for me. First of all, and most obviously, one of my guests, the talented songwriter and vocalist for Buffalo Rose, Lucy Clavy, happens to be my daughter. But this story goes a bit deeper than that. My father, John Clavy, was a remarkable person in a number of ways. Along with my magical mother, he raised nine of us kids, and one of the greatest gifts he shared with us was his love of music of all kinds. He loved the big band sounds and jazz artists of the 1940s, taking in shows all over New York City after returning home from the war, 
But as he got older and raised his family, he kept his mind and ears open to new sounds. I can tell you there were no other suburban dads that I knew of in the 1970s who were listening to The Who and to Pink Floyd. But there was our dad, stopping by EJ Corvettes on his drive home from work with the latest Grateful Dead album under his arm. We would find him lying on the living room floor with his headphones on, with Procol Harum on the turntable. It's all music, he would say, and in the process, he instilled in us the joy of musical discovery. So Tom Paxton was a favorite of my dad's. He loved how Tom used clever lyrics and funny turns of phrase to slyly get his political or socially relevant points across. So I grew up listening to some of Tom's music, playing on our stereo during our family dinners. My dad passed away last summer, after 99 great years. But early last year, while working on these songs, Lucy was able to talk with her grandpa about working with Tom, about how Tom Paxton heard her songs and was impressed enough to reach out to the band. My dad, of course, was delighted and a very proud grandpa. Last August, while we were with my father in his home during the last week of his life, Lucy and Buffalo Rose were in Florida in the studio putting the finishing touches on this EP. Lucy was able to send us an early version of the song, I Give You the Morning, an old Tom Paxton song that Buffalo Rose had recorded featuring Tom singing with them. We were able to play it for my dad, who was pretty sharp right up until the end. It was an amazing moment as my dad got to hear his granddaughter sing along with one of his favorite musicians from 50 years before. And it was a wonderful way to celebrate the gift of music that my dad had instilled in us, that joy of discovery that I try to carry forward and that underlies the very purpose of this podcast. So thanks for letting me share that personal story with you all. I do so not only because it's meaningful to me, but because it illustrates how powerful music can be in the fabric of a family, of our communities, and frankly, the universe. Enjoy this great discussion. Tom is quite entertaining. And of course, I could do a series of episodes discussing his career. He does tease us with one Bob Dylan anecdote, and he offers a number of gems of songwriting wisdom. He even breaks into song a couple of times. Lucy and Shane are, of course, quite talented songwriters themselves, and they offer some great insights. In fact, they teach some songwriting classes and workshops that you might want to check out. I had great fun with this conversation, though it was a bit of a technical challenge with four people recording from four different locations. We did lose Tom a bit near the end, but stick with us. I got him back on the line for some final words at the end. Well, I think that's enough for me for now. Here is our Tell You What discussion with Tom Paxton and Shane and Lucy from Buffalo Rose. Forever's just a long, long way to go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sick of planning everything. Reality is just a daydream. A daydream. Right. Welcome to Tell You What, the podcast. Tom Paxton, welcome to Tell You What. It is such a treat to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. And Lucy and Shane, you two were incredibly brave. Our first ever guests on Tell You What, back when we were operating out of a broken down shed behind the garage. Now, here you are triumphantly returning for episode number 41 as Big Shot recording artists. Thanks for making the questionable decision to come back. Hey, look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delight to return. Broadcasting to tower, gleaming uh, old <laughs> aluminum 
40-story building. <laughs> yes. I, that's my my next point. Let's set the scene. I am now recording from the Tell You What Epiplex, high above the metropolis of <laughs> Evanston, Illinois. Tom, you are at your home, home slash home studio in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Am I right? You are right. I live in Old, old Town, Alexandria. All right. And Lucy and Shane, you are at your home studios in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, right? Indeed. That is correct, yes. So stay tuned for episode 42, where we will answer the musical question, what is a Commonwealth? (laughs) All right, let's get started. I know we are here to talk about the collaboration between the three of you and the amazing EP that has resulted, Rabbit. But I cannot let this opportunity pass without talking with you, Tom, about your creative process. Lots of our songwriting nerd listeners demand answers. So how about if I start there with a few questions for you? Sure. All right. I am told by my informants that you are writing songs all the time, as in almost every day. Is that right? Almost, yes. Um, There was a time uh, when I did that on my own, and now I'm doing it uh, collaborating with some very, very talented people. Um, and in, in, a, in a good week, I'll collaborate with, let me see, one, two, three, four, five different people, get five songs in wow. a week. Um, it's important to say these are first drafts. Not, not all of them uh, will, will get recorded. Uh, I say maybe uh, 20% will actually make it onto a, a CD someplace. Um, That's a pretty high ratio. It is. It is. And I'm damn glad of that. Um, I tend to edit out the the lousy ones um, early in the process uh, these yeah. days. I didn't always do that. Um, but writing songs, I suppose it's the same as any other kind of creative labor, but... Uh, it's certainly true of writing songs. It's a, a constant shift from left brain to right brain, uh, from, hmm. from writer to editor. Um, that happens uh, kind of simultaneously. In, in the early process, you have to give free reign to the, uh, to the writer, to the, to the left brain. Let it go. Get it writ. Get it down. Uh, and push the, push the editor aside. But at times, um, the editor has to come in and say, well, the, this is kind of a dead end here. You're not, you're not going to get anywhere with this, so let's scrap that and go back uh, into the well and look for another, another path. Um, now, are you, are you conscious in your practice of when you allow that editor to come back in, or is it more yes. of an intuitive thing that happens? No, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of that. Um, I deliberately address... It's almost as if I'm addressing each of those sides. Uh, you know, uh, you shut up now. We we got we're going to see we're going to go fishing here, right? <laughs> and and uh, see what we get. And when we get it, then the editor can say, "Well, that that'll fly. Let's let's go with that." Yeah. Have you always been your own editor? Have you, or have you sometimes allowed others to play that part for you? Um. My late wife um, would occasionally decide that something didn't didn't work, and um, and then I would I would reluctantly have to agree with her. <laughs> this kind of stinks, doesn't it? Uh, so uh, 
<laughs> but um, I, I've been without her help for uh, about seven years now. So, yeah. Um, Has this daily practice or almost daily practice always been a part of your creative life? Or was there a time when you stopped and then decided to get back to it? No, it's always been pretty constant. I mean, this is all I've ever done yeah. uh, for for a career is uh, writing songs and performing. Uh, I mean, there were certainly moments early on when I thought I wondered whether I'd be able to make a go of it, and I was lucky there; I was able to. So, right. So, do you save your work? Is there a storage locker somewhere filled with thousands of your compacts and songs? This is a lot of songs potentially we're talking about. Here. Yeah, it's a lot of songs, definitely. I mean, it's uh, sixty-two years of of writing. Um, and it doesn't take that long to write a song, so you can write a lot of songs <laughs> in, in 62 years. And I, I write more now than I ever did. Um, and I, I, I thank two things for that. One is COVID, which yeah. COVID just mm-hmm. shut the whole shooting match down. And then the other is Zoom. Um, right. if not for Zoom, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I'd have to be going physically to, uh, or, you know, doing it on the telephone, some kind of difficult, very unsatisfactory substitute for what Zoom gives us, which is yes. immediacy and, and contact and eyeball contact. Um, I love that. And I'm represented by a man named Jim uh, Fleming who has a, a folk music booking agency in um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and who decided very soon after the COVID came in that we would have a, meet, a weekly meeting on Zoom, which I didn't even know existed, right. um, uh, of all the artists and Jim and people who worked with Jim. There were all these uh, people on the Zoom screen, mo- many of whom I'd never met before or heard before. And uh, I found that I liked them. And I went on uh, YouTube and and listened to some of their work. And I thought they were very talented. There were two young women from uh, Michigan uh, who are called the Accidentals. Right, Dave, but we had them on as guests on this show. They're yeah, I thought they were great. So I emailed yeah. them and said, let's, you know, let's try something. And so here they are, 25 years old, and I'm 85, I mean, 84. Yeah. And and yet we get along like a house of fire. And <laughs> and then I, I some of my regular colleagues, uh, Kathy Fink, John McCutcheon, um, we started writing as well, and then, uh, then finally, here's the funny part. I can't remember how I discovered Buffalo Rose. I think, uh-huh. I think it was um, just going through people on on YouTube, and um, I came across one of their uh, deals where they they uh, they go around one microphone, right, and. I thought, boy, I mean, they sound great. Um, and so uh, I, I don't know how I got in touch. I guess maybe it was through their agent, uh, 
Uh, it's Stephanie, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a mystery to us too. <laughs> do, do you do you remember? Um, I think I just sent a an email to your website or something like that, saying that it, that I liked what 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 I saw and heard. Yeah, that's the way we remember. We got an email out of the clear blue sky and it nearly gave us a heart attack. <laughs> All right. I'm going to cut this off for now because we're going to get back to the three of you working together, Tom. I want to ask a couple more questions about your process, if we can. It sounds like you're doing a, a lot of collaboration now. A great deal. Has co-writing and collaboration always been a part of what you've done from the beginning or is this something that's changed over time? It was only occasional. Yeah. Um, there, there were some very successful ones, uh, but it, it was not a regular. I didn't have regular partners the way I do yeah. now. So what do you think you get out of collaborating now that, that you've discovered that makes it primarily what you do? Well, here's what you get. You get a song that you would never have written yourself. Right. Alone. Um, there's always... Uh, something of your collaborator in the song. You're getting something very special. You're, you're getting um, a, a real blend of two writers. I, I often tell people that there, there are few pleasures equal to just having written. The work is done, and you can say, oh, I kind of like this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's always a miracle to me. I mean, one minute... <laughs> That song doesn't exist, and now, bam, here it is. It's like it's like a child being born. That, that, that <laughs> child was not there, and now they're, whoa, there's a child. <laughs> and, it, and it's crying. Yeah. <laughs> Which our songs frequently do. <laughs> if you go back to your early days, right, in New York with people like Dave Van Rock, Bob Dylan, that early folk scene that you were a part of, was there a lot of collaborating with those people in that scene? Was there a lot of uh, sharing of songs, uh, mutual support? There was sharing of songs. Um, Phil Oaks would always be happy to listen to a new song, and 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 he would criticize. He 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 would criticize where he thought it needed to be. Um, I mean, you, you knew you were getting an honest listen from Phil, yeah. Um, and and I would be glad to hear one of his songs. And and it was like that. With, I mean, I remember one night, a bunch of us were uh, sitting at our usual table at the Kettle of Fish Bar, which was up up on street level next to the Gaslight, and there was some discussion going on. And I was sitting next to to Dylan and at one point he said uh, tell me what you think of this and he was sang into my ear while the babbling was going on around the table uh, and he sang into my ear and when he finished he said what do you think I said I think it's I think it's great what what do you call it he said it's called Gates of Eden uh-huh. and uh, I thought it was wonderful and I still do um, yeah that's the kind of thing that happened a lot. Right. So um, not any formal co-writing. But, no, very uh, little. Playing your songs. Very, very little co-writing. Um, yeah. And I regret that. Actually, I would think it would have been wonderful um, to have written with Phil, for example. 
Sure. Uh, certainly wonderful to write with Bob, but uh, it just never occurred to anybody. Our, our collegiality was more of um, singing songs for one another, um, getting support from one another instead of creating together. And yeah. I, I don't know why that was. Uh, I regret it, but yeah. that's the way it was. That's interesting. We had a lot of fun together. It was, it was, I, re, I look back with great affection to that, to that period. Well, we, maybe we'll do another episode where I just plug you for a bunch of stories about that time. <laughs> okay. Um, the ones I can tell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so it, besides doing more collaborating now, in what other ways would you say your creative process, your songwriting process has changed over, over the years? Can you point to anything? I think the only way it's evolved, I would call it, is is I'm less likely to write something that's pointless. Um, I used to the, the first idea I would get, I would I would follow that idea and write a song, which you know served. I'm sure it served as a good exercise or something, but. Uh, uh, served no real artistic purpose. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of songs I wrote that were really um, instantly forgettable. And I don't do that very much now. Most of the ideas that I go ahead and work on with my collaborator or indeed on my own uh, are, are songs that have a, a, a reason to them, a reason right. for them. And maybe you're just better at knowing that now as you start versus when yeah you i'm sure i'm sure that's true yeah yeah so i know you said you don't remember how you heard buffalo roses music first but can you remember what it was about their music or about their creative output that made you want to work with them in the first place i'm an old hand i've heard a lot so i know what i'm i know what i'm hearing when i hear it and i heard uh, the whole package is what I would put it at. I mean, the <laughs> the uh, the arrangement was solid and interesting. Uh, Shane plays very interesting uh, guitar, um, and the the blend of the guitar, the mando, and 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 the bass, and the dobro is very terrific. And I forget the song that I was hearing. I think it was. A traditional song, but it swung like hell, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I just thought, you know, and and I liked the way they looked. There was a they are a good looking. They're a good looking crew. I will yeah. That. God, they were they were just live. I mean, they're we we talk a lot in music about time. Their time was fabulous, and it's what do you mean by that? Well, it's difficult to explain. Um, the time is everybody coming down in the middle of the beat. Mm. And what you mainly hear is uh, where that doesn't happen. And that's with lots of people. <laughs> uh, but not here. You had six people yeah. uh, whose time was, was synced. It's, it's really hard to... Uh, overemphasize how important that can be 
yeah. where, where there's this, this, this unity of rhythm that was right there. Yeah. Well, I, I think it goes without saying that I, I uh, am also a big fan of Buffalo Rose, so I, I agree with everything you've been saying. Let's bring Shane and Lucy in here for a second. Uh, Shane, Lucy, tell us about working with Tom. How did you feel going in? And what maybe were you surprised by once you started working together? I I mean, I know we were nervous when we first met him. I mean, he's, a, you know, Tom, you're a legend, Tom. And like I said, when we first got that email, we, we thought maybe it was fake. I'm fierce, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we had a conversation about whether or not this was real. It was really you that had emailed us. <laughs> Is, did you really? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were surprised to say the least. Um, and I don't. We didn't know what to expect going into um, a writing session with you. I think we maybe first we had a meeting with our agent and just talked about, you know, what ways we would like to to collaborate with you. And you said you wanted to write with us, so we we jumped at that. Shane, anything that surprised you once you started working with Tom? Something that was both surprising and, and very impressive, I feel like, is with, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll go over, you know, lines for like a really long time or really try and tweak things to get the right verse or line. And uh, when we were working on the song Runaway, you know, there were moments where Tom basically just spit out half a verse in like the period of like 15 seconds. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like that's, <laughs> that's in the song, you know, <laughs> and yeah. it's still in there. Mm hmm. Which was really, which was really cool, and I, I think too it was. We definitely didn't know if it was going to work going in. You know, I mean, we hoped it would, but I think Lucy and I have, uh, we've only written as a duo before and never really welcomed in uh, or worked with a third person. So right. that was definitely we we knew there was going to be a, it's a new dynamic, um, but a, an incredible one. Yeah. There was, I think, a period, um, as with all like songwriting collaborations, where you're kind of building trust uh, between each other, because um, it takes you know some vulnerability to share creative work as it's being created, uh, and especially with Tom, who's you know been doing this for much longer than us and, and successfully so, and is so well established at it, that I think it took a little bit of time for us to build up our confidence uh in in sharing um you know the the first thought the rough draft uh as it came out of our head but uh we were really encouraged very early on by you know watching tom do the same thing watching him create in front of us and share with us his first thought and having the feedback from him of you know we offer something up and he tells us yes i like that or let's keep let's keep looking um yeah. it was once we got that encouragement, I think we, it really just took off. And there are plenty of, plenty of times when I say, yes, I mean, you're both very, very good writers. And if, if I may interject for a second, I, the, the thing I'm proudest of is that the, the two songs we have uh, together, uh, Runaway and, and Greenlight, you listen to those songs and you're hearing, you're hearing Buffalo, Rose songs, not Tom Paxton songs. Hmm. And that I'm proud of that. I'm proud of uh, getting into 
where I think you are and and working with that. Yeah. Because mm. they don't they don't sound like Tom Paxton songs. They sound like Buffalo Rose songs from yeah. start to finish. <laughs> That's interesting. Lucy and Shane, uh, are there any specific lessons or practices that you have picked up from working with Tom over this time that you maybe will bring to your process going forward? There's one that I, I think is so, it's a, such a great distillation of something that I had never thought of so succinctly that Tom taught us, which is that the way that verses and choruses work in relationship to each other. And that is, and Tom, maybe you can help me phrase this because you always put it so elegantly. Um, but the verse is giving you information where the chorus is giving you em emotion. Is that, how do you, how do you put it, Tom? Yeah, well, very much like that, except I would say the chorus is an emotional reaction to the information in the, in the, in the verse. Yeah. You have the information and then you have the emotional reaction to it, which is the chorus. Yeah. That's great. Shane, any, anything you've picked up? Yeah, I think another thing that I feel like we picked up that I really love is that the title of a song should be obvious, that you shouldn't <laughs> have to be like, what is the name of this song? I don't know. It's like, it's either there or it's not. That's saying something about the song itself. Like if the title isn't obvious, the song needs work or. It's a, it's an indication that the song is indefinite. Okay. That, that you haven't been clear with what the song is about. If you have been, the song will just leap right at you. Interesting. That's great. I have w one more piece of wisdom that Tom gave us, which is that... Um, we will take all pieces of wisdom. <laughs> I mean, I, we've gotten lots, but some of them are, are easily distilled. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tom has a way with words. It's one that he taught us very early on, and the way he put it is that you can't steer a ship until it's moving. So the song, you know, you can't sit there and think about what the song is going to be. You just have to start writing. Hmm. That's good. Okay, so Lucy and Shane, you two and Buffalo Rose have come a long way since you were the first brave guests on Tell You What. This has been a big year for you with this EP, getting to number one on the folk charts with the song I Give You the Morning, South by Southwest, Folk Alliance Showcases. As performing artists, things certainly have changed for you over time. In what ways do you think your songwriting process has changed, specifically maybe in terms of how you two collaborate as a songwriting pair? It, it's changed in a lot of ways. I think we, obviously there's a ton of, of trust and that we've built up in our relationship as, as co-writers where I, I think it allows, or it at least allows me to share things way earlier on in the process and trust that Lucy and I will develop them together into something really cool. Um, so I think, I think that is definitely a big way that it's changed from the outset. And I think now, especially since we've started writing with Tom, that has kind of taken a step even further where even less of the song that exists before we take it to the band and start arranging it. Um, yeah. like I think when we were, mm -hmm. when we were working on green light, it was mostly just, uh, lyrics and some melody with, with, uh, the very, very, very rough outline. Um, so I think it's, it's maybe more inclusive, which allows us to go in like all of these 
different directions and also allows us to develop ideas in new and different ways. Like Tom said that we wouldn't be able to get the ship moving on our own, you know. Right. Um, there's a lot more people rowing now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Similar, along similar lines, I think the whole process moves faster now in almost every way. You know, what, when we get the song done, there's not like a lag period where Shane and I are fussing over it before we bring it to the band. Like there are things that we know we can't write without the rest of our band. So we bring it to them much earlier on in the process. And then there's the experimental phase where we're figuring out exactly how the form's going to work once we get all the instruments on it. And uh, yeah, I think collaborating with Tom has really freed us up. Um, something I've talked about before with these guys is that I have a bad habit or had have had a bad habit of being a little too precious with my songs, holding them a little too close to my chest. Yeah. Uh, and I have working with Tom has really helped me, I think, break away from that and be a little bit more willing to take risks. Uh, it's also like because we've been writing together, Shane and I, for a long time now, you know, we've, we've started to recognize our, our tendencies, our habits as, as writers and working now with a new collaborator and being farther along in our careers, we're able to like identify those as they come up and make informed decisions about whether or not to lean into those habits or try to break away from them and make a different decision. Right. And you're also talking generally about trust, also trust in each other as songwriters, but also in your bandmates too. And that is an evolution over time, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, okay, Tom, I think that Lucy has probably told you that her grandfather, my father, in fact, was a fan of your music, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he used to play your records during our family dinners uh, since I was a young lad. So I would like to thank you for being part of our family musically one way or another for three generations. It's my honor. Yeah. Well, it's incredibly cool on several levels for me to see my daughter working with an artist that my father turned me onto in, you know, 1970, let's say. So do you think about your music or music in general spanning the generations as you create it? Or, uh, do you think music has a special quality that can kind of, cross the time divides yeah and well as long as it was not your grandfather who was <laughs> now i well, think I'm not it, a young man so i i think it's the um the nature of the music itself mike i think um i remember the first songs that struck me as a child before i even know that they were called folk songs was uh, Blue Tail Fly, Burl Ives singing that. Burl Ives sang a lot of old, I guess you would call them parlor folk songs now, songs that, these these songs, everyone knew these songs. They didn't know where they came from or who wrote them or anything like that, but they were, they were songs that people just liked, like the Blue Tail Fly or the Fox Went Out on a Chilly Night. And, and the thing is that, Songs like that tend to hold up. Right. They're as good now as they were then. And those were the kinds of songs that uh, I tried to emulate when I started writing. I, I, I started trying to write, um, consciously write folk songs that could be uh, mistaken for being 100 years old. And I really made some terrible mistakes. I mean, the, <laughs> the, first, the first song I ever wrote was 
Phony is a $3 bill. It was a terrible song. Um, <laughs> and I printed it in the uh, introduction. I did a songbook back in 95 called The Honor of Your Company. Had about 80 songs in it. Pretty good book. Uh, and I wrote a long kind of forward in it. And I printed th that lyric because I wanted people to know that if they like my songs, they can go back and look at that song and say, my God, if he could write something good after writing this crap, <laughs> there's hope for the, for everybody. I feel better already, Tom. Thank yes. You. I mean, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but it was, I was on the right path. I was aiming for, yeah. I was aiming for simplicity. I was aiming for, uh, I don't know. You know, I went to camp as a kid, uh, Boy Scout camp, which I loved, and a couple of seasons at, at church camps. Um, and uh, we sang some great songs at those camps. I still remember uh, Tell Me Why. Tell me why the stars do shine. Tell me why the ivy twine. And there's nice, simple harmonies to that. And that's always kind of been my beacon. And that's why I liked Woody's songs so much and right. Pete's songs. They, right. th there's clarity to them. There's a kind of simplicity that invites anyone to have a go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because this I want to stay with this thread. And it's a great segue into talking about the songs on this wonderful EP, Rabbit, because I want to start with the song, I Give You the Morning. And oh, yeah. Basically stay with the thoughts that you were just presenting. You recorded this song over 50 years ago. And here we have this amazing version of it recorded by Buffalo Rose with you. And it sounds so current now. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, so maybe you can talk about this specific song, what Buffalo Rose did with it in terms of what you were talking about, about music that holds up over time. Yeah. By the way, Shane and, and Lucy, I did send you the Swedish version, didn't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did, yeah. I was, uh, I was in Sweden in uh, 68, and I met a, a singer over there named Fred Orkestrom. And he took that song and translated it into Swedish. And, and his recording uh, is a Swedish music classic. Um, wow. They, they still play it, um, which was, I, I loved that, that the song had those kinds of bones that it could come to life in a whole different language right and or 50 years later with another young artist well it, you're right i mean it does sound very timely and that's because uh, buffalo rose have instrumental gifts they are uh, able to take a song keep it simple but but put a texture into it that is very current my my younger daughter is is uh, has great ears, and uh, she loves the music of of the seventies and eighties when she was young, and she loved 
the arrangement that you guys did of it. Through the waving curtain wall, the sun is streaming. Far behind your flickering eyelids, you're still dreaming. You're dreaming of the good times and you're smiling. to sing your part on this song with Buffalo Rose, effectively? Oh, I'm such an old pro, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a pleasure. It was nothing to be worried about. I, I, I noticed that you had to do a little finesse there toward the end because you hold a, they hold a note a longer than I did in recording of at the end of the verse. Now I think you're ready for the journey. I go to the journey quicker than you guys do. I, yeah, I just wanted to jump in because uh, from an editing standpoint, I, I uh, produced the, the vocals on the, on the record. And um, yeah, we did, we did change the ending a little bit from Tom's original form stretched it out, made it uh, a little bit longer with the repeating refrain, but I have to tell you, Tom, I did a lot of editing on a lot of vocal parts for this record and yours, we, I didn't have to touch. We kept a whole take straight through. There was no doctoring, no funny stuff. You just <laughs> you nailed it. And I think you only did like three takes. So you, like he said, he's an old pro. Yeah. You ought to consider doing this for a living, Tom, evidently. <laughs> I'm about to make a decision. <laughs> Like an antique ballroom fan, your eyelids flutter. Sunlight streams across your eyes through open shutters. Now I think you're ready. Let's talk about the song Runaway. Tom, you mentioned this uh, as being, in your opinion, a Buffalo Rose song. I have to say I was surprised, very pleasantly so, that this song came from this collaboration. It's a bit of a banger, isn't it, folks? (laughs) Um, Tom, thank you for representing us older folk and showing we still have that in us. Uh, uh, Lucy and Shane... How did this one come about? I'm particularly interested in how it came to life as such an up, up-tempo rockin' song. Yeah, I guess I, we started with just the chorus of this one. I, I brought the chorus to Lucy and Tom to one of our sessions. At the at the outset, we it, it had that sort of like driving, the driving beat that you hear in the chorus. So that was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Shane brought that one to us, and... You'd already the lyrics changed a little bit from what your original version was, but it had that energy that I don't want to run away, which like it was never going to be a slow song. Yeah. I know it's real. We 
Cause I'm up here dancing And feeling free is such a beautiful thing I hope they never ever stop that music Cause it's enough to make a romance of humor in songwriting. Some of my dad's favorite songs of yours were uh, Forest Lawn, right? Which is a fun Gosh. song, satirizing the funeral and cemetery business. Another one I remember him singing was I'm Changing My Name to Chrysler, where you, <laughs> where you sang about the federal bailout of bankrupt Chrysler Motors, right? So yep. in this song, Runaway, there's a song that always makes me smile where uh, the line... I hope they never stop that music because it's enough to make a grown man sing. Um, it's a great twist on a familiar phrase, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Tom, can you talk about using humor maybe both in small ways, fun terms of phrases like that one, and bigger ways like where the structure of the song is satire or metaphor to get the point across? How do you think of humor's place in your songwriting? I think they come up as, as part of the process. And I think one of the things I'm happiest about with writing with, with Buffalo Rose is that I don't put any brakes on, on my, uh, my search. Songwriting is, is, is listening. I suppose all writing is listening. Hmm. Um, Certainly songwriting is listening and I try to hear everything. And um, I certainly do not try to hear everything as an 83 year old. I try to hear everything as, as it comes. And that's why I'm having so much fun. Um, <laughs> lines, line, my favorite line of anything that we've written was Moses is your green light. Yeah. And so it's it's try you know try to listen as a way uh, in a childlike way, which you can't do of course because you're not a child anymore. But with that kind of um, uncensored uh, listening, mm -hmm. uh, let yourself hear whatever there is to hear, and that allows the humor to make its way out. That's right. Yeah, and. I don't. I don't remember writing that other line. Yeah. I, I suspect that I didn't write it. That uh, Lucy or, or Shane did. Yeah. Um, and of course, that that's the lovely thing about 
collaboration is you usually can't remember who came up with what line. Right. Uh, I remember Moses is a green light because I've got I was so tickled by it. <laughs> Let's talk about that song, Green Light. I I love the line at the beginning. I had a lot to say. She stopped me about halfway. I don't know. I just like the way that rhyme works. The arrangement here is great too. The gospel flavor. We have the organ. I believe I hear a vibra, vibra slap in there somewhere, Shane, right? <laughs> it snuck its way in. <laughs> we only get one vibra slap per record, apparently, is the, is the quota. And, and, and we met it. We met it. I, I was insistent on it, in fact. And we had our engineer. We were down in Florida recording it. Um, our beloved engineer, Danny, who we, we were talking about the vibra slap and its place in, in, on records in general. And I said, do you, have, do you have one here at the studio? And he said, well, I have one at my house. It's only five minutes away. And I said, Danny, could you go get that vibra-slap for us? <laughs> what is a vibra-slap? It's that rattlesnake sound. It goes... Oh. <laughs> and that's only, only one of them per record? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the per, that's the rule we've, we've imposed personally. I'm in favor of more vibra-slap in the future. Um, Shane, can you talk a little bit about this song and how this one came together? So this one, uh, this, this song I feel like is kind of out of character of the ones that I normally write. Maybe it's, it's the same for you, Lucy, where it's like, it has nothing like I'm, I'm not in the song, you know, it's a character song. Um, and I think it really, uh, helps to like have the three of us in on it. Cause I think Lucy and Tom just, uh, really knew, uh, the direction that it needed to go. And uh, I think what was also really interesting about this song is that um, before taking it to the band, I would describe the instrumental arrangement as very dull and kind of uh, like the same throughout. And the uh, instrumentalists uh, just totally took it and gave it this really groovy feel that I, I think, you know, just matched the song so well and, and took it to another level and made it feel like the sort of gospel vibe. Did your vocal performance then become different with that arrangement? Because your vocal performance is a little bit uh, specific to this song, too. I will say I occupy a role vocally on that song that is very much like the backup singer position, which is not something we usually do a lot of. We have, you know, we consider ourselves a three lead singer band um, but it was fun to like hear what the instruments had done because I wasn't sure what the vocal arrangement on that one was going to be when, b before we handed it off to the band and when we heard what they had done with it they had turned it into that um, real swampy like you know 70s southern rock that Tom said his daughter like when we heard that that is when I think the vocal performance made itself known and that's where we got those very like you know, ooh, ooh, parts from, uh, they fit so well into that. And we didn't know that those were going to be there until we heard what the band had done. Yeah. Went back to Monterey Feel like a brand new day Still two or three miles From the California coastline Didn't have much to say Much to say I brought back my Lila May She said I got another joke But I'll save it 
song to talk about Jennifer's Rabbit another one with a great and interesting arrangement by the way here we end up with kind of a trippy bedtime story right <laughs> this this one also written and recorded by Tom some decades ago Lucy maybe you can talk about the choice to include this one on the EP you must admit it's an interesting choice the choice to include it uh was based on an instinct that Mac had our, our Dobro player uh, and in-house engineer, Malcolm Inglis, for those who don't know his work, uh, a lot of it happens behind the scenes. But Mac was the person who, more than any of the rest of the band, like intimately knew Tom's work before we started working with him because he listened to um, those records as a child. So Jennifer's Rabbit was a childhood lullaby for him. Uh, and in fact, it's one that <laughs> when Mac and I, back in our our rock and roll days of our youth uh, at the end of a night of, of drinking and partying uh, he would play that song. And I, I would start, I started requesting it because I liked the way that Mac sang it so much. Um, I would always get really excited for the, um, the cookies and oolong tea part. I thought it was so delightful. Uh, so that was like a, a childhood classic of his. And when it came time to, to choose what songs we wanted to record for this EP, Mac was the one who suggested both I Give You the Morning and Jennifer's Rabbit. I think he had a vision of them as as companion songs. And as Tom pointed out, they have been performed, um, I believe, uh, as such in the past. And gosh, our version of Jennifer's Rabbit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where it came from. We, we knew we wanted to lean into some of the more... Um, we we made it, you know, pretty spooky, I would say. I think it's fair to say our version is kind of spooky. And I think those elements were there to begin with. And we wanted to sort of lean into that, um, the sort of atmospheric strangeness of it all. Right. Um, and we heard a couple covers of it where they had lots of singers doing interesting acapella things. And that was probably our first instinct was let's have all the singers arrange something pretty and layered. And then... At some point, we decided that that was, you know, because other people had done it and uh, it, it would have been very beautiful to present that way. And I think we didn't want it to be too beautiful. We wanted it to be strange. Well, I think um, you accomplished that. <laughs> but it's, it's spookily like romantic in a way. Also. Yeah. So I, think it, I think it works really well. Jennifer's rabbit, brown and white, left the house and ran away one night, along with the turtle and the kangaroo and seventeen monkeys from the city zoo. And Jennifer, too. They ran through the forest where they all held hands, they came to the ocean with the cookie crumb sands, they called it the sea of the very best dreams, where they all built a castle of the best moonbeams. And Milky Way. Then there on the sand where the starfish play The ship sailed in from the moonbeam bay They all went sailing on the starlight sea Where they all had 
Twinkies with oolong tea. And Jenny had three. Okay, we seem to have lost Tom. Oh, no. His connection has dropped. Maybe he had to go write some more songs because it's been a while since he's written a song. <laughs> we'll see. If we don't get him back, we will have to have him uh, record a final statement for us because I'm not going to let it just end there. No. But <laughs> fortunately, we were able to cover a lot of ground with him. I'll have a couple more questions here for you, uh, Lucy and Shane, if that's all right. You two are still meeting with Tom regularly, right? This uh, initially was maybe going to be a project that ended with the EP, but it is continuing. Yeah. I mean, this this interview that we're doing right now is is happening at the time where we usually meet to write songs. We meet every week, unless one of us is on the road. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I mean, we've written a bunch more songs since Rabbit came out. Together. Yeah. It's been really fruitful. I also, while you guys were talking about humor, um, I was thinking about the fact that as we've gotten used to writing with Tom, I've learned that there are certain, you know, we have like scraps of songs that we present to each other um, as the ones that we want to work on together. And I've started bringing Tom specifically the songs that I think have the most humor in them because he's <laughs> so adept at that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so given that news that this is continuing, we are all looking forward to seeing what else comes from this interesting and amazing collaboration. Uh, Lucy and Shane, what is next for Buffalo Rose? Well, we will be presenting at Folk Alliance International on, uh, man, next week, a week from today, uh, which we are super excited to be an official showcase artist. We've got some new music and a new album coming out uh, at the end of this summer and later this year, which we are so excited to share and uh, yeah, just excited to for a great summer of shows as well. Yeah, and the that that record that Shane mentioned um is is done, which is nice because we can move on to writing another one and that's kind of where we're at now <laughs> is uh gathering more songs and materials to start it all over again. Excellent. Well, Lucy and Shane, thank you so much for taking this time. It was so fascinating to hear you and Tom talk together about your collaboration in this project. It's just a, a, an interesting story start to finish, but it hasn't finished yet. Um, so Lucy and Shane, thanks to you both. Thank you for having us. We'll be back in another uh, five years or so. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being a great host. It's yeah. a deal. See you in five years. See you then. <laughs> Lucy, maybe I'll see you before that. Uh, maybe. All right. Tom Paxton has returned from the ether somewhere. Tom, thanks for your patience and for coming it was back a, to us. a tough trip. <laughs> well, we're all safe and sound. Uh, I just want to say thanks so much for, for taking the time. It really has been an honor and a treat to have you on the podcast. Uh, Lucy and Shane tell me that even though the original goal of your collaboration maybe was going to wind up with the EP that is now out, you are still working with them and meeting on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. You must like working with these kids. I, I love working with them. Um, they're fresh and, and uh, fearless. <laughs> um, they'll go anywhere I go. And uh, they'll, uh, they'll take any trip I want to take. And, and I love that. That's great. No, I don't see any reason to stop just because we got, uh, they got the EP done. Um, right. Onward and upward is what I say. 
Well, yes, and the musical world will be grateful to see what uh, comes of this continued collaboration. And I saw that you've been doing a little touring lately. Are you are you out there uh, playing some live shows? I am. Um, I I play regularly now with the uh, with the Don Juans, uh, yes. John John Dresner and Don Henry. We've been together about five years now, and uh, uh, I think of it as a trio, not not as uh, myself with sidemen. They're they're really partners, and we write together as well. And uh, we we have a lot that we're going to do in June, and then in July um, I'm going to do a songwriters retreat in the. Uh, Carbondale, Colorado, with my collaborator Jackson Emmer. Remember that name, by the way, Jackson Emmer. Uh, he's, I will. He's he's got a lot to offer. Then we we'll be busy in the fall too. We're, we're taking we're uh, doing a cruise to the uh, maritime provinces of Canada from uh, from Boston, and that's uh, like an eleven day cruise. That's going to be great. A songwriters type. Uh, oh yeah, cruise. yeah. Uh, we'll be uh, doing three shows and uh, leading some songwriting workshops as well. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, real honor and a treat to spend some time talking with you. Tom. Thank you, it's Mike. It's been my pleasure. It's uh, very special for me to have my daughter and you, and and uh, thinking of my dad through all this. So 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 thanks for allowing that to happen. Well, you have a terrific daughter, and she has some terrific bandmates. Yes, I'm in agreement there. All right, thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Yes, the rabbit and the turtle and the kangaroo And Jenny fell asleep like sleepy folks do Just like 